Welcome to the Wealthy Retailer Podcast. My name is Dan Holman, and I am really excited this morning for our guest, um, Scott Smith with Empowered Retail. Uh, Scott is like my brother from another mother, and so this is going to be, <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll notice we're not from the same mother in a second, but this is going to be a really great conversation. Scott, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I can't wait to dig into this retail conversation. Thank you very much, mate. It's awesome to chat with you always. Yeah. So, Scott, Empowered Retail. Let's talk about life before Empowered Retail. You are a lifelong retailer. Tell us your story. Wow. Yeah. That sounds kind of ominous, doesn't it? <laughs> mate, I, uh, many, many years ago, uh, when I was 19, I, uh, I moved out to Canada from, uh, from the land down under. Uh, didn't know really what to do with myself other than I wanted to ski a lot and uh, and be one of those ski bums that, that everybody meets on the ski hills out in this country and found myself stumbling into retail um, and then really kind of never looked back from there. I've worked with retailers my, my entire life now coming on, uh, well, over 30 years, like working in uh, um, outdoor stores predominantly for the first 16 years of that, uh, managing stores across Western Canada and then... Uh, um, fell in love with with technology and and joined this amazing company called Canadian Retail Solutions and spent a long time with them as, as CEO and and then uh, you and I met uh, many years ago now as well and and we we again fell, found another love and another passion for analytics and 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 helping retailers and uh, and got right into uh, retail orbit and and the manager one uh, planning system and it's just been an absolute joy the whole way along. And so today your focus. You know, while in, it, I mean, you certainly have specialty in outdoor. I don't know that there's mm -hmm. anyone in our world that is as, you know, well-versed in outdoor as you, but outdoor isn't the only expertise you have. You're working with retailers across all genres. Yeah, I think that's been the really, the, the, the thing that I've really enjoyed the most is just kind of crossing over into all these different verticals, you know, whether it be gift or shoe or, or you know, all, all the all the different uh, things that we deal with in, in retail. It's been, you know, not knowing that kind of the common denominator is that, um, you know, we, we all want to do well and we all want to kind of feed our families. We all want to enjoy what we do. And, and I think that that's, you know, the, the, the services that we've been able to provide can, can really help in, in many different areas. So it's been a, a joy for me because it's just been a, a learning, a constant learning experience. It's something that I've kind of really enjoyed uh, mostly over this, you know, last 10 or 15 years is just, just learning from the people that I'm around and, and finding different challenges for sure. Mm -hmm. And do you see similarities between the verticals? Like, have you been able to remove, you know, that challenge? Mm. Oh, my store is different. Oh, I, that mm. we're very different. Mm. Mm. Absolutely. Mate, you know what, in, in thinking about our chat today, one of the things that, that I think has been very, very noticeable you know, over the last 10 years and, and in exactly in that point that has been very, very similar in all the verticals that we work in um, is just this this uh, development of of being narrow and deep. It's funny, like a, a lot of my clients laugh at me now. They call me the narrow and deep guy. Um, I, just, I just find that good retailers, good specialty retailers are just getting better and better at being able to narrow down choice for their customers, you know, and, and, and I, and I see very much in, in the stores that I approach and, and work with, um, just the confusion that can be created, 
uh, in a store that is trying to be everything to everyone. Mm. Uh, and I think that that's, that's one thing that really binds it together for me is that, is that confidence to be very specific about what you do. For sure. And you know, Scott, it's, it's funny. I've just come off of doing a little bit of sales training and mm-hmm. one of the, you know, one of the constants that we have to let our retailers know that the number one reason people do not buy is they're not sure it's the right choice. The more choice that we have in front of us, the more confused we are about what's right for me. And I think that this idea of being, it's not an idea and it's not a philosophy, this reality Mm -hmm. of being Mm -hmm. narrow and deep allows us Mm -hmm. to really target into you know, who he or she is in our store and what, what they're looking for. Yeah, mate, I c- could not agree more. And it's, you know, and it really plays into the philosophy that, that, that I know you and I both believe in, which is having that confidence and having that strength to make the decisions for our customers. You know, like to me, a good buyer is someone that, that really does a great job of eliminating the choices to make to make it easier for me when I walk into a store, to take away the stress of looking at 17 different products within the same uh, category and, and pulling one away and then just walking out of the store and being kind of like unsure of the fact of what I did, or even worse, looking at all of that product and going, I'm just not going to make a decision today. Yeah, fair. And so do you think that that's part of why we've seen, you know, I don't want to say a surgence, but certainly we've seen, you know, an elevated expansion with, you know, direct to consumer vendor stores, you know, branded stores that are going direct Mm. to consumer because they're saying, wait a minute, you know, we're going to go direct to our consumer because we have the right product. And in some cases, you know, as independent retailers, we're out there buying from 10 and 12 and 15 mm. vendors in the same categories and confusing Absolutely. customers. You know, it, it, it's tough. And I think that we, you know, we do find that, you know, retailers get a little bit, uh, um, you know, adversarial when it comes to that that point. You know, like I, I've worked with this vendor for, for a long, long time. And now I've got this vendor popping up in my, my town five doors down from, from where I retail. But but you're right, mate. I think it is a result of that. I think it's a result that, um, you know, people are looking for that that ease of shopping, uh, that, that the, the less amount of confusion. And I think rather than taking offense to seeing those retailers pop up all around us, let's learn from it. You know, let's, let's take that and let's be stronger ourselves as, as retailers narrow down and give that same experience that the vendor driven stores are, are, are trying to achieve. That they're trying to, Great I mean, point. they are delivering, you know, in their own, you know, category experience, mm-hmm. they're building, mm-hmm. you know, these stores that are about expanding the customer's experience virtually or in, in real life in the stores. And I think that if we, you know, as independent retailers can take, you know, take notes from where they see some success. I mean, isn't mm-hmm. that what mm-hmm. masterminding is all about? You know, let's, let's share what's working well in our environment and replicate that, you know, or, or share what's working well in someone else's environment and replicate that in our own way. Not try to be them, but replicate the experience and the idea and the philosophy behind, you know, driving the best product forward in my store. Yeah, exactly. Like being absolutely being authentic to to your vision mm-hmm. and, and and being true to yourself, but listening to and watching others 
to better yourself. It's just funny, you know, like I was thinking, I was thinking a lot about, um, you know, the wealthy retailer and, and, and wealth and, and, you know, you and I love acronyms, right? And I, I was thinking about the, uh, um, and, you know, what are the qualities that, that, you know, what are the human qualities in, in a retailer that really, uh, you know, make up that, that's that wealth. And, and I think it is things like we're talking about. I think it's wisdom. I think it's empathy. I think it's authenticity. I think it's true love. You know, I think it's time giving people your time, and I think it's being humble. I think it's humility. You know, and I think that when we listen and we watch and we see these other stores in, in our areas, I think that if we can take away without ego, and we can kind of build our, ourselves and, and our profile up, in, you know, um, in service to our customers, that they're the stores that get me really excited. Right, and I agree. I agree. And if we could be, you know, they say, you know, you 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 need. You know, you need to keep your competition close. And it's not, it's not necessarily about the competition, but rather, you know, where they're moving the needle and how do I move the needle in my store? And you talk about being authentic. You know, we're seeing greater response to those retailers that are delivering authentic communication, authentic experience that... You know, we're connecting with who he or she is. And I don't think that we've done that so well in the past, but we're seeing, a, you know, an improvement in that area for sure. Oh man, I, you're right. You know, it's, it's it's a standout. Like I know with a lot of our independent retailers now, when when they when they are vulnerable enough to show their identity to give you a, uh, you know, kind of some insight into who they are, the response is incredible. You know, and I think that that's and it's true. It's like and it's funny because as I as I work with a lot of retail owners, like I encourage those owners to, you know, kind of shake hands and, and, and kiss babies and, and, and be there and be present because it is, you know, like that personality, that, that family that runs that business or that, or even that manager that's a, that, you know, it's a really prominent person in the community. They're important. They're important people. They're important people that we want to know. Like when I walk into a store, it makes me feel great when I know the owner of that store. When I, because I feel that connection, and it might be a staff member, you know, as I said, it might be a manager. But having that authentic relationship is just—it's—it's it's powerful. It seems like it's rudimentary. It seems like it's something that's kind of going back to the old school way of retailing. But really, to me, it's what we all cry for. You know, Scott, you make a really great point. I think. If we go back in time, I mean, flip the clock back, every single retailer, independent or otherwise, you knew who owned that store. They were part yes. of your community. They, you, when you walked in, you had a relationship or an interaction you know, with the owner of the store. And for some reason, we've seen owners move further and further away from the front door, not closer to it. And I don't know if it's they feel like they've paid their dues and now it's okay to put someone else out front. You know, we had a few Mm. weeks ago, we had uh, Leanne Mohagan from Simone and Ivy uh, Interiors on our podcast. And one of the things that Leanne and I talked about was this level of vulnerability and getting out in front of your customer and telling Mm. them why they need to support you, why they need to be, you know, in your store. And you touched on vulnerability, but really it's a combination of not just being vulnerable, but being present. Yes. You know, everybody Mate, loves Norm the, from Cheers, right? Everybody knows because, your name. <laughs> because he's sitting on that stool, you know. But I yeah. think that isn't it isn't it true that 
you know, the most authentic the, you, thing that you can do is to give your time, you know, like be, beyond your dollars, you know, other than maybe giving your blood. Like, isn't it, you know, isn't isn't that really the most authentic and significant thing that you can do? Like, you know, I always, I always find and I, I always look for this quality in the people that I work with. And, you know, it's the biggest struggle for me as well is about being that person that is always busy. You know, right. like, oh, I'm rushing from this and rushing to that. But, you know, isn't isn't truly the person that we admire, the one that's got that time to shake those hands and to give a hug when someone comes into the store or do it virtually, you know, have that time to kind of, you know, connect with people. And, and they, really, isn't that why we're all in this game? Right. Because we want to we want to connect with other people. We want to serve other people. We want to make people feel good about the purchase that they've made or the reason that they've come into the store. Yes. And, you know, you and I are of the same mind on this. There is no place I would rather be than on the floor at a store. Yeah. Engaged with people and and having that fun and engaging conversation. And it's funny how a lot of people are shying away from, you know, getting out there on the floor. And we say, you know, let's talk about time. I mean, it is absolutely the most limited resource that any of us have. Mm. Mm. Absolutely. And I don't think that there's anything more empowering for our client than for us to give them our time. It really, you know, and I think that too, one, one of the things that uh, I think is, is important, we, we talked about, you know, kind of like seeking wisdom from others and learning from others. And I, I think that, you know, it is important that we learn from other people and that we are true to ourselves um, but we but we learn that from being there and being present and 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 being and and, and listening and understanding and and what you know what you and I it's funny you know we talk about all these human elements together uh, all these kind of soft qualities that make us better and, and you and I are, are, are steeped in tech in technology and we're dealing with with analytics uh, you know in, in what we do but we still come down to the fact that the be all and end all is really how we learn and love each other right and I think that. You know, you and I learned a long time ago that our truth, you know, is black and white. It comes from us being mm. able to deliver, you know, decision or action based on fact. And fact comes exactly. from numbers, not what we believe to be true, but rather what's mm -hmm. proven to be true. And so while mm -hmm. I agree, you know, steeped in analytics, it still, it still comes back to we allow analytics to help us make the right decision. Mm -hmm. But it's still mm -hmm. about our you know, human interaction, you know, that drives our businesses forward. Yeah, it's funny, like, I, you know, you find out of all of this, and it's, I totally agree, like, I think that it helps us, um, you know, kind of cut through the, the minutiae of, of, of choice, like we come back to again, you know, mm. like, it, it, the, 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 that, the too many choices, you know, the analytics bring us back to that point, um, but it's ultimately, you know, I think that in every relationship, whether it's a customer relationship, whether it's a staff member to a manager to an owner relationship, um, there's more than just the dollars and the numbers behind that. You know, and I, I think that I find that as you as we build these relationships with our staff and with the customers, it's there's it's always more than dollars and numbers. It's it really is about relationship. It is about connection, and it's about right you know, being in the right place and, and being happy about what you're doing. You and I talk about that so often, Dan, is just like that, you know, that happiness drives us first. Happiness mm. is that first driver. Yeah. And then the dollars and the success follow after that point. You know, I think that that's a really key part to enjoying your, your retail life, you know? For sure. And I think, 
you know, I've said this before, I think maybe with, you know, with Margot Kopman from Project Retail, mm -hmm. you know, if, if, if retailers would stop spending so much energy on sales and more energy mm -hmm. on engagement, sales will follow that. You know, they, they wallow mm -hmm. in the lack of sales, you know, rather than dig their heels in and get to work on engaging their audience. Oh, and that's such a great point. Engagement is what drives revenue in your store. Such a great point. Like so many things, you know, so much good comes of that that connection, that that sales presence, that really kind of being there and being attentive to your customer. So much positive comes of that. So much value add comes of that versus, yeah, you know, like we've all got to utilize, we've all got to utilize markdowns and sales as a tool, as one tool in our arsenal. Um, but so often it becomes like the key focus of, of what a retail store does. And then, you know, do you really want that to be your identity? Right. Right. Is that the healthiest place for you to be? I mean, isn't, yeah. I mean, isn't yeah. markdowns or discounting? you know, one of the biggest expenses we see from a numbers perspective. Absolutely. I mean, here Absolutely. we are coming off of, you know, what will probably go down in history as the biggest discount holiday period ever. The only way we drove business, you know, through holiday was, was by enticing her, bribing her to come in and spend, you know, and, and we did what we had to do to bring the number in, but it was about discounts for holiday. Did you find the yeah. same thing? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I saw it in, 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 in a lot of, uh, you know, the retail environments that I work in for sure. And is it, a, it, it you know, w what a tough pill to swallow. We all, you know, you know met our retailers, we, you know, we live and, and breathe on the margin that our businesses make. But, you know, why, why, did, you know, living and breathing on, on that margin um, really is, to some extent, is, a, is an unhealthy focus, you know, mm. like, and, and it takes away, it's like you say, it's like, you know, if, if that is our only driver through this period of time, have we really created healthy relationships with our customers like what will our how will our customer judge that in three or four months time when we you know still have to drive business into the stores right. uh, but they're not coming back because we haven't bribed them to be there right and i think that that goes back to the you know reinforcing engage your audience engage your customer mm -hmm. tell them why mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. be vulnerable not promotional don't don't you know, discount to drive them in, but strengthen that relationship today. And, mm -hmm, you know, as mm -hmm. we move in through spring and into summer, it has to be about real and relevant relationships. Relevant yeah. in that, you know, they're, they're committed to your, to your store and your brand. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, you, you know, with our, with our independence, and, you know, can it ever be more important to, to connect and have to listen to your customer and to have that really authentic relationship that they're coming back because they want to be there. They're coming back because, you know, I like to think that you can, there's so much, there's so much choice. There's so much opportunity to buy, especially these days. We, you know, we talk about the, you know, the ominous transition to, to online retailing, right. you know, and, and, and our, and, and many of our, our retailers feel that, you know, the pressure of, 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 of the choices that people have before they even walk in the door, but that will never 
replace a relationship that you have with that store, with those people. In the, you know, it's it'll it will always be a, a great factor. It will always be something that will um, help people to entice them to come into your doors. But I, you know, I will go to my grave believing that it is is the bond that's that's built between two people that will over you know that will overcome any other selling situation. Yeah, so agree with that. So agree with that. Is there, Scott, something that you're seeing in one of your retailers, you know, that that you're out sharing with everyone that, hey, look at, you know, Samantha Jones, Samantha Smith mm -hmm, retail, mm -hmm. you know, she's doing this exceptionally well. How do you implement that in your store? Do you have that example? Mm. Mate, you know the thing that, and I go. I, I'm sorry to continue to kind of go on the on on the human side. But, Don't you know, apologize kind of, for it's, that. It's, it's all it's always in in my heart. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I am like I am absolutely preaching uh, the fact that trust trust is the most powerful element i believe an owner can have to drive and run a successful business and and the, and the businesses that i see that are doing incredibly well are and and i hate to use this word again but empowering their staff and their individuals within the store to do more and better than they do themselves you know and, and i and i look at it and i, I do I, I see the ticket to success and the ticket to freedom to freedom and to enjoyment uh, as an owner of a business as well is letting your people just fly, mm. you know, letting them enjoy what they do, you know, again, giving them that, you know, patting them, like being the, the retailers, the retail owners that I see are most successful are the ones that literally their job is literally to give high fives and to be there when someone needs you. Yes. You know, and and and, and that, yeah, and, and I'm I'm constantly preaching that because it gives the owner freedom, but it also gives the staff just that that ability to shine, and that translates to their relationships with the customer. Yeah, well said, Scott. How much how much do we believe? How much do you believe? You know that the owner has to be, you know, on the floor present, coaching all the time. You said you know being there to give mm. a high five or support, but you know, do you believe or and do you believe? that a, a, an owner's job, a manager's job, is to be on that floor mm -hmm. coaching better experience for the client? Mate, that's a great question. And you know what, it's a great question because it's a question that many, many of our retail owners and managers absolutely struggle with. You know, I'm a little bit torn because part of me is always saying, hey, you've gotta be authentic. And, and if you are not a strong seller, then don't you, you don't have to be a strong salesperson to be a manager or owner of a business. Um, you know what you really need to do is be able to see the qualities of the people and to in, and to allow them to be really strong. But at the same time, you can't lose touch with 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 who you, you know, what your story is and who your customer is. And you don't learn and grow in your knowledge unless you're there and you are present. Like in in in, in for buyers specifically, and mm -hmm. you know, in some cases that might be buyers and owners, unless you are present on the sales floor, unless you are down there understanding the questions that your customers are, are asked, I don't really think that you can be a successful buyer. I think when you lose touch, like I've seen it, we've seen it in the with the large organisations we work with. We see it with the department stores when they move further and further. When the, when the buying departments move further and further and further away from what is truly happening on the floor, then then is there is that risk of losing touch. So as much as I would say, 
you know, don't think you have to be all things to all people. Don't think you have to be the gifted salesperson that is better than the people on the floor. That's not true. But I do think that you have to make sure that you are present at, you know, to some level. You have to schedule time in your week or in your month to make sure that you're down there and that you're learning from the customer directly. Right. You, you said something that is super relevant. You know, don't think that you have to be the best salesperson in your organization. Yes. Don't think you have to be the best in your organization because mm -hmm. if you are the best, uh, growth is probably eluding you. You exactly. know, exactly. We hire. It's very limiting. Yeah, it's very limited. Limiting. Pardon me. If if you're not hiring people in your business today that bring a skill set, that bring experience, that bring personality that you're lacking. Mm -hmm. it's difficult to grow. You know, and isn't that... Yeah, finish, yes. It, 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 isn't that really, Dan, the, that, 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 that humbleness, that humility? Like, this is, the, again, that quality that I look for in a successful owner and retailer is that they can identify people that can come in and add value to their business and to be more to that customer. And, and, and you know what? It takes a hit sometimes. Like, you know, I remember being on the floor and, and always, you know, we always want to be the best salesperson. But you know what? The reality is there's always someone better than we are. Right. Uh, and, and, and recognizing that and harnessing that and, and then and celebrating that uh, with that particular person, with that particular staff member. To me, like that, that's the juice. Right. And, and you know, we always want to be the, you get on the floor and you want to outperform, you know, you believe that you want to outperform your, your coworker, your teammate, but that's yes. not the reality. That's not the truth. The truth is you want to outperform your own expectations. You're setting an internal goal for yourself and, and you're competing with yourself mm -hmm. more than, you mm -hmm. know, your team member. And I think in every instance, when I have this conversation with retailers about, you know, are your staff incentivized? You know, do you have mm -hmm. a pay for performance environment? The pushback is always, no, no, you know, we're, we're on one team and, and I don't want them to get catty <laughs> or to, you know, I don't want that, that hyper competition in my store. But the reality is in a pay for performance environment, you compete with yourself. You know, you're the one that Absolutely. feels the reward. You move the needle north. You know, because you know every every member of that team, if they're successful in pushing their, themselves to the next level, that that's where you'll get their your fulfillment. You'll and, and it doesn't. You don't necessarily need to be the top performer in the team, but if you're someone that's yeah moving the needle individually, there's a lot of it's Dan. I, that really speaks to me. It's 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 part of what's kind of driven me year over year. Like I'm a I, I compete internally. That's kind of where I am. You know, like I, I love to be part of a team, but I but I love to drive myself to that next level. If you get that kind of environment going where people are just challenging their own norms and moving forward, I, I'm glad you brought that point up because, you know, we, we both come across that so often in, in conversations with our retailers that are so, um, you know, they're, 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 they're fearful of changing the norm in their environments when it comes to paper for uh, paper performance selling and, uh, and having those goals on the floor. Um, you know, I think it's really, uh, to me, I think it's important to have that. I think it's important. And, and for exactly what you said, it's not necessarily to compete with each other. It's to drive yourself to the next level. And I, I, I think I've seen, you know, and many, many retailers are, are fearful. I've seen in most cases 
when you take that plunge and you put that system in place, whether it be small steps or whether you go right into a commission-based environment, um, you know, it's never as as scary uh, as it seems from the outside. And it does right. help all of us do better. You know, Scott, one of the mistakes... I'm going to say mistakes and one of the aha mm -hmm. moments. I'm going to, I mean, one of my aha moments a long time ago, you know, came when we were setting sales goals. And, you know, my mentor at the time, um, her mm -hmm. name was Tony. Tony said to me, Dan, you have to stop talking about your sales goals. And I said, why? You know, and she said, there's a disconnect when you talk to your staff, your salespeople about your goal versus their mm -hmm. income. And my aha moment came when, you know, I started to talk to people about their income goal and then related mm. that income goal back to, you know, the sales goal, the sales performance. And when we talk mm -hmm, about mm -hmm. living in a pay for performance environment, you know, what a mistake it is to talk about sales goals. It's not really about the sales goal. If it's pay for performance, about their, it's about their income goal and realigning yep. how we think you know, may, may make it easier to move to a pay-for-performance environment. Well, what a, what, what, what a great point. I think there's a real lesson for us all to learn there because there's a difference between, you know, my goals, mm. my personal goals as a person on the floor versus the goal of the store. Right. You know, like I talk about it a lot with, uh, with my retailers. It's like, you know, this is a, it is, this, this is not about a, you know, a greedy goal for the, you know, to, so, so we can go to, so, so I as a, as a store owner can go to the next level. It is, it's, a, it's about, you know, securing financial independence for you as an, as an individual staff member. This is what I, this is what I love about what we do, Dan. I love the fact that, you know, independent retailers create environments for their staff to, you know, successfully pay off mortgages, to put their kids through college, you know, to look after their financial goals in an environment, let's face it, in an environment that's pretty fun. Yes. It's pretty enjoyable. It's, you know, we work, you know, we're, we're not doing heart surgery, brain surgery. We're on the floor talking to people every day and that's fun. And, and imagine in an environment where you can do that and you can you know, be comfortable financially, like look after your family, not be stressed about dollars. You know, that's what I see happening in the env environments that we work in. And that becomes about me as an individual, not about this greedy goal that, that an organization might have, you know? Yes, yes. Scott, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you joining us today. This is so, so good. And um, you and I know that we can go on for hours together, you know, sharing <laughs> sure this. Can. And so I'm going to extend this right now, an invitation for you to join us again um, when, you, when you do have some time uh, and we'll pick up this conversation. Before we go, I need you to share, um, you know, how people can get on Scott Smith's wait list. Where do they find you? Uh, thank you very much. And Dan, I, I appreciate it. every conversation we have is a joy to me, mate. I'm, I'm, thank you for making time for me, for sure. Um, you can get a hold of me at uh, info at uh, empoweredretailinc.com. Info at empoweredretailinc.com. Yeah, Scott Smith with Empowered Retail. My friend, thank you so much. Uh, it's always a pleasure, Dan. Thank you, mate. Cheers. Thanks for joining us today. If you haven't already, jump over to your favorite podcast platform and subscribe to the Wealthy Retailer podcast. Also, if you head over to thewealthyretailer.com, you can subscribe to our newsletter, chock full of information to help you become a wealthy retailer.